To say Asia and rice in the same sentence feels effortless, almost redundant. But what if I say Asia and diabetes? How does that sound? If it sounds incongruent, you are not alone. But consider this: not only is 60% of the world's population Asian, but nearly 60% of the world's diabetics are Asian. In fact, four out of five people with diabetes live in developing countries. Now, more than ever before, a thoughtful discussion of adult onset or type 2 diabetes must include mention of poverty, urbanization, free trade, economic growth, and the globalization of processed foods. But when it comes to diabetes, not all rice is created equal. You need to consider the glycemic index. It is a zero to one hundred scale that classifies carbohydrate-containing foods like rice according to their potential to raise your blood sugar level. A glycemic index of seventy or above, and you get blood sugar spikes that can increase the risk of diabetes. A glycemic index below fifty-five means a very gradual sugar elevation, which is much, much healthier. Well, I haven't seen rice with a label that says it's low glycemic index or high glycemic index. What I've seen so far is rice being labeled high amylose or high gel temp. Only those two. Dr. Rochi Cuevas is a grain quality specialist at the International Rice Research Institute in the Philippines, or IRI. She says that the amylose content and glycemic index of rice are inversely related. The more amylose a rice has, the lower the glycemic index. The rice varieties that have high amylose content tend to be more difficult to digest because of the long chains of amylose in it, and so because of that, the glycemic index goes down. But chances are, for most of us, we are eating a moderate or higher glycemic index rice, and if you eat rice twice or more a day, then a 2010 study by the Harvard School of Public Health should grab your attention. It found that eating just five or more servings a week of white rice—that's just 750 grams—increases the risk of diabetes. The average Filipino eats nearly three times that amount every week, month after month, year after year. The rice isn't the only culprit, so it's not that rice is bad, but you have to regulate it. Dr. Louis Latamora has practiced general medicine in Los Banos, Philippines. Since 2005, diabetes is a balance of what you take in and what you burn. What kind of food do we eat? How much of it do we eat? And the physical activity that we do after that. What can you expect if you don't burn what you ate? Then you're 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 going to get fat. I mean, there's no there's no question about it. I mean, there's an imbalance there. Call it a pandemic or call it a perfect storm. The label is not nearly as important as the mirror it holds up to our society. Over the past decade, packaged food sales have gone up nearly 100 percent, and soft drink sales have doubled. On the other hand, the price of beef has dropped 80 percent since the 1970s. Now, half of us live in cities. We sit. We commute and we compute. We use our bodies less. With our increasing purchasing power, we can buy cheaper calories, more animal fats, and more refined grains, and we can do it all on demand. We call it convenience. 
The end result? For the first time in human history, there are more overweight people than underweight. It's nicknamed Globesity, but call it what you will, both groups are strikingly malnourished. If this all sounds ominous, it's because it is. But there is hope, and you can find it in people who are well-informed and invested in long-term change. One such person is Pearl Pantua. Pearl is co-owner of the Herb Republic restaurant in Los Banos, Philippines. Besides organic herbs, they are dedicated to free-range and growth hormone-free meat products, as well as reintroducing brown rice to the Filipino diet. Yes, I said reintroducing. Many, many years ago, Filipinos only eat brown rice. They are not used to white rice until Westerners introduced the milling machinery. From then on, um, they got used to the white and polished rice. It is important to understand what brown rice is and isn't. It is not a single or specific rice variety or species. It is any rice variety in which the germ and bran layers have not been removed by milling. Another thing brown rice is not is a favorite of many rice consumers. In the four years that we've been existing here in Los Banos, um, we noticed that customers prefer white rice over brown rice. About 80 to 90 percent of our uh, customers prefer white rice because uh, they say that brown rice doesn't taste as good. Secondly, it has a unique texture. It's kind of grainy. Other than taste and texture, many think brown rice requires more cooking time and therefore fuel. But this is easily remedied with soaking before cooking. And proper storage can solve the problem of insects attracted to the extra oil and nutrients in brown rice. Because of this higher oil content, brown rice will go rancid more quickly. At room temperature, it will last up to six months. But freezing will extend this considerably. And the potential positives of brown rice are substantial. I cook white rice for my dogs because they are, they are Labradors, you see, they, they are sophisticated dogs. <laughs> so, and brown, and brown, and brown for me <laughs> and my wife. And my wife and I are 80 years old. So. Dr. Cesar Mamaril worked as a soil scientist at Erie for over 20 years and then nearly another 20 years as a professor at the University of the Philippines in Los Banos and now has supposedly retired to consult for Phil Rice and farm his two to three hectares. He grows only traditional rice varieties, uses strategic management practices rather than pesticide, and recycles 100% of his biomass. This is the rice mill. This is a two-pass rice mill. The upper portion is the, uh, the huller, that's just to remove the, uh, the hull. And the lower portion is the polisher. But then, since we are producing brown rice, we don't uh, get the grain through the polisher but right away to this separator. When you produce brown rice, the glycemic index is reduced by about 20%. So that means that compared to the polished rice, um, it will be more nutritious than the, the polished rice because of this uh, advantage of having more fiber, more vitamins, more minerals. And of course, you know, the bran also contains some oil, which is also 
uh, fat, which is also um, beneficial to health. But brown rice is not the only nutritious rice there is. There are plenty more. But with over 40,000 rice varieties out there, where to look? Well, let's go back to this idea that the majority of the world's population is either obese or underweight, and that both groups are, by definition, malnourished. That is, not getting proper nutrition, albeit for very different reasons. And let's say, for the sake of argument, that rice cannot be avoided. It is the staple, as it is for over half the world's population. Given that, let's take the obese first. How can they make better choices when it comes to rice? So I think the key word there is moderation in eating, or if they could afford it, to diversify their diet. So not just to eat rice as a source of carbohydrates. Here in the Philippines, people tend to like intermediate amylose content rice. But if there's a label, I'd go for samples with high amylose content if I want the low glycemic index rice, or I'll buy brown rice. And what about the nearly 1 billion people who are undernourished? Some lack consistent protein. Others lack key micronutrients. Most lack both. What does rice science have to offer the 1 in 7 people who are hungry? So if you look at what the greatest needs in, in, in undernutrition for us, it's the iron deficiency, zinc deficiency, and vitamin A deficiency. These are some of the three largest worldwide deficiencies. They occur in many developing countries, and they reflect in large part the inability for people to access sufficient and sufficiently nutritious food on a regular basis. Dr. Gerard Berry is a project leader for developing healthier rice varieties at Erie. What we are interested in doing is tackling this problem at the level of the diet. If the diet cannot increase in diversity, let's improve the actual diet that people can access. So our project is committed to raising the iron content, the zinc content, and providing beta-carotene in rice, the rice that people can afford, the rice that people can grow themselves, that they can source locally, so that we have an uplifting on the overall nutritional quality and content of the diet. And this is, one, this is a long-term way to deal with those persistent problems. And our work in rice is paralleled by work in maize, in wheat, in sweet potato, in cassava, beans, and many other crops around the world. It can all seem so daunting, can't it? Even depressing. Words like crisis and epidemic. Discerning fact from fiction. More answers than questions. It can leave us feeling powerless as consumers. But we do have power. We actually have quite a bit. Like where we shop, what we buy, how much we exercise and eat. And lest we forget those without the privilege of such choices, we can choose not to acknowledge them, or we can choose to help as best we can. For Erie Radio, I'm Dr. Michael Joyce reporting from Laguna Province, Philippines.